This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you're a loser, tune in and you'll be a winner. It's the Moranalytics Podcast. Talking Buffalo sports, Yankees, WWE, 80s music, and pop culture. And now, here's your host, Patrick Moran. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to the Moranalytics Podcast, episode number 59. I am Patrick Moran. For fans of this podcast, I'm going to let you know right away that this episode is going to be Far different than anything like the first 58 that I've done. Unlike previous episodes that are typically lighthearted, this is a very serious episode. One that has carried extreme consequence for an innocent kid. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter how old you are. This is a story I want you to hear. In fact, this is a story I think everyone needs to hear. So that's why I'm doing this. And when this podcast is over... I will tell you how each and every one of you out there listening, maybe you can help this kid because at this point, your voice, your tweets, and your emails, they may be the only thing that can help right or wrong. This is a story about a high school football player in Bradenton, Florida. He is a great kid, an innocent kid who through zero fault of his own, and let me reiterate that point because that's important, zero fault of his own has been completely screwed over by the Florida High School Athletic Administration, put in several scholarships that he's earned through God-given talent and hard work in serious jeopardy, not to mention robbing him of memories of his high school senior year of playing football with his friends that are going to last him a lifetime, possibly scar him down the road. Now, this particular story takes place in Florida, But make no mistake about it, if you're living somewhere else, this could just as easily be New York, Texas, South Dakota, California, or anywhere in the country. It's a product of what happens when county or state athletic administrations put politics and personal agendas over the well-being of innocent student-athletes. This is the Knowledge McDaniel story. What I want to do right away is introduce a passionate audio clip Recently from Dick Vitale, who put it up on his social media. Of course, Dick Vitale is the legendary ESPN college basketball commentator who lives in the area where this story is happening. He's gotten the no-knowledge McDaniel because the kid is a weekend busboy at a diner that Vitale frequents. And as you'll hear in the clip, Dick is irate over what's been done to this kid. And by the time this show's over, I think you'll agree rightfully so And hopefully you'll be pissed off too, because what's happening is just not right. So anyway, I'm going to play this Dick Vitale rant. Then I'm going to go on to paint a fuller picture of all the details that Dick's talking about. So you can better understand the entire situation. And I'm going to have on a few guests as well. One of them is former NFL great and a former high school football legend in Florida, Kevin Carter. And I'm also going to talk to Jason Dill, a high school reporter at the Bradenton Herald, who's been covering the story since day one. So without further ado, here's the Dick Vitale clip put up on his social media by him recently, and then I'll be back on to discuss and elaborate. Hi, everybody, Dick Vitale. Well, look, I'm not going to be very pleasant here tonight. I'm not going to be pleasant at all. I am very, very upset. I am upset. I am disappointed. I, I can't believe... But I'm going to talk about something, and I want you all to listen to me. I want you to listen to me, because I know I'm right in my feelings. I feel very, I want to be honest with you, I'm pissed off. I am really pissed off. It's unfair what's happening to a youngster, and I'm going to defend him unless somebody proves me wrong. 
And here it goes. You ready? We have a youngster near where I live. Got to meet him. He comes all the time, uh, balling all the time. On a weekend, he works where I usually go all the time for breakfast. Another broken egg in Lakewood Ranch. His name, I want you to all hear me out. His name is Knowledge McDaniel. Knowledge McDaniel. He's a high school senior at Braden River High School. He was declared ineligible, ineligible for the year because they said he had received impermissible benefits. Oh, really? Impermissible benefits. Are they serious? This kid wasn't recruited by anyone, none whatsoever. He's in the same high school for four years, Braden River High School. Now, here are the facts. I want you to hear me out and hear the facts. Number one, his grandmother was taking care of him and his brothers because his mother's been in a hospital, institutionalized, actually, from what I've been told. There's no father in this situation. Grandma's trying to take care of a bunch of people, has seven to nine people living with her, sleeping on the floor. The youngster had nothing but sometimes stale bread coming out of the out of the uh, pantry. Yes, these are facts. You don't believe it? Read what Chris Anderson wrote a great article about it in the Sarasota Herald. Google the name Chris Anderson along with his name. Knowledge McDaniel, and you'll read the article. And if you read that article and think this kid should be ineligible, then you know what? You have no heart. You have no heart. And that's what those committee members that voted against him had no heart from the Florida High School Association. No heart. None whatsoever. Because think about what I'm going to say. He wasn't being recruited going from one high school to another high school. He was looking for a place to live because his grandmother could not, they put her out of the, couldn't afford the rent anymore, couldn't even afford to get him to school, had no Wi-Fi, had no computer, trying to do schoolwork, and he's a talented young football player whose maybe chance to make it in life is through football and through school and go to a school where they have people give him tutoring and help and guide him and direct him. You know what he does on the weekends? He played, they allowed him to play in three non-conference games. Can't play during the conference season. Can't play in the playoffs, right? So what does he do after scoring a couple touchdowns against a rivalry Manatee High School? Because that was a non-conference game. He is at another broken egg, bussing tables in the morning. Because he wants to raise some dollars to give some money to his grandma to take care of his brothers and all where they're living. See? He was declared ineligible because a friend of his at Braden River High School said, Knowledge, why don't you come and live with us? Come and live with us. And the parents took him in. They're boosters at the high school for years. They care about kids. They weren't bringing them there to recruit them, to take them. They provided him the necessities of life, a place to live, a bed to sleep in, because he and his brothers were sleeping on the floor, no place to go, no roof going to be over his head. And he goes there and he gets food. He said, what a thrill it is to eat some food that he hadn't been able to get. What a thrill it is for him to be able to go to bed at night in a bed. And the kid's going to be declared ineligible. Give me a break. So anybody appealed it. The appeal was today. And yet the committee thinks, oh, we did the right thing. They heard all the facts. They said, you know what? When the judge heard all the facts, they said, what we'll do, we'll let you play during the regular season, the games, but you cannot play in the playoffs. Why? He hasn't done a darn thing wrong. Maybe some adults did some things wrong, but he didn't do anything wrong. This kid should be able to play. And playoffs, every damn game, it is a crime. It's criminal and it's an injustice. I talked with him and spent time, took a picture. If you go to my Twitters, you'll see a picture of me with him. You'll see the kids there. He's a good kid trying to chase a dream, trying to get an opportunity to live like a normal kid, to be able to do things normal kids do. He doesn't want anything. He's not looking for any handouts. He's not looking to be recruited by them. He's been recruited by colleges. You take away the playoffs. You take away playing football. You take away the opportunity for him to showcase his talents. Oh, he has some scholarship offers. There could be a lot more. He's that good of a player if given an opportunity. 
And if he had the right proper things, which his family's trying to provide him, he's there with his friend, man. His friend asked him to come into his home to live with him. If he wasn't a football player, nobody would make a big thing of it. Somebody out there, I know, how do people want to hurt kids? I don't understand how people want to hurt kids. It's really sad. And I'm telling you, I'm annoyed about it. Because I love kids. I love helping kids. I give a damn about kids. And there are a lot of people like me out there do. And I just hope some people out there can get this message and get it out that Knowledge McDaniel or Braden River should be allowed to play in every damn game. The regular season, the playoffs, the whole bit. And anything less than that should not be accepted. He has done nothing wrong. He's only guilty of one thing. Wanting some food and wanting a place to live and wanting a roof over his head and wanting a bed to sleep in. And for that, he's going to be punished. Give me a break. That was a very irate dick by tell from ESPN. That was good. That was good stuff. Very passionate stuff. And if you think that was passionate, just wait to hear from Kevin Carter a little later in this episode. Now, I want to elaborate on some things that Dickie V talked about because they're very important. Knowledge plays for Braden River High School. He's a senior wide receiver, and he's been at Braden River High School since day one of his freshman year. And over the past few years, he's developed into quite a star. In fact, as a junior last year, he was the Manatee County Offensive Player of the Year. Okay, so you can ignore the other parts of that statement if you want, if you don't care about his talent or any of that stuff, because maybe that doesn't matter to you. That's fine. But here's the one part of it that very much does matter. And I'm going to say it again. Knowledge McDaniel has been at Braden River since day one of his freshman year of high school. That's going to be a key point in the story. Trust me. Anyway, his talents on the field have caught the attention of several major colleges. And going into his senior year this year, he's had verbal offers from over 20 D1 schools. If you need any evidence of his ability... I'll tell you what, Ohio State and the University of Georgia are among two of those schools that verbally offered him. Now, that's on-the-field stuff. It's subjective. Again, it's subjective whether you care or if that matters. Here's what does matter. Off the field, the kid's a class act. Dickie Beat just talked about that. I've been around high school football in the Buffalo, New York area for probably 20 years, and this kid may be the most unassuming star I've ever seen. He's the nicest kid. There's not an ounce of arrogance to this young man. He's got a great attitude. He always has a smile on his face. He treats the backup left tackle on the freshman team with the same attitude and respect as he does a star varsity quarterback. That's just his makeup, man. That's just the type of kid he is. But here's the problem, folks, and it's a big problem. Knowledge has had one thing going against him, and unfortunately, apparently, at least in the state of Florida, that's all it takes. Knowledge grew up in a broken family, and as a result, he suffered from poverty pretty much his entire life. Now, directly because of that, him seeking a more stable home to flourish in and to have the necessities of life, and also a bitter former player's father, and also the non-education about policy and rules that starts at the state and trickles down to the county and ultimately the schools, Knowledge McDaniel has suffered far more than any innocent teenage kid ever should. You see, Knowledge was born in Tennessee, no father in his life at all, and a mom who had suffered from issues that don't have any relevance to this story and don't need to be elaborated on. Long story short, he and his little brothers were sent to his grandmother in Florida around seven or eight years ago. Now, during that time, McDaniel's grandmother has struggled badly to be able to care for the kids. It's not my place nor, of course, nor is it my attention to bring any embarrassment to Grandma, who's done the best she can in an impossible situation. She's a well-respected, admirable woman, who, by the way, is still very much a big part of Knowledge's life. But so I can paint this picture accurately, I do have to say some things. I'm not exaggerating when I say that having a full meal was a struggle for Knowledge. He had no bed to sleep in. It was either a floor or a wobbly couch with no real padding. He had no Wi-Fi to do his homework on, which anyone who has a kid in 2018 knows how important that could be. Now, this kid, and let me emphasize that word again because I'm going to keep saying it all the time. The kid, through no fault of his own, 
had absolutely nothing, nothing, none of the essential day-to-day tools for a child, you know, to have, go on and have the best chance to succeed. Now, in January of 2017, the apartment complex where Knowledge's grandmother housed everyone, and there was eight people there total, six children, two adults, they were told by the complex that they would not renew their lease. This is mainly due to financial reasons. I'm sure all you listening can figure that out. The family eventually was forced to move into a rented home, a considerably smaller one, a distance farther away from the school, with no car, you know, making travel to get to and from like football practice, for an example, before and after school, you know, other after school activities that you can't necessarily take a bus to, more difficult. At that point, over the next several months, Knowledge would spend some nights on the floor or a half-broken couch at grandma's. Sometimes he would crash at a friend's house or a teammate's house whenever possible so he could get a more comfortable night of sleep and a good meal to eat. As you suspect, the toll of all this weighed on the kid. And frankly, he started being a little bit of a knucklehead, saw his great slip. Now, Knowledge has a close friend on the Brandon River football team and a great relationship with their family. But you had a program like Brandon River, I've learned this and I've seen it already, That's not uncommon at all. It's not just the players that get close, but the parents, they grow close to each other as well. You know, you hear that term family all the time that's thrown out. We're we're, we're one big family. Well, you know, in a program like this, that truly is the case. It really is. Anyway, he's despondent over happenings inside the walls of grandma's house, not to mention the toll it's taken on him both physically and emotionally. So knowledge has a conversation with his close friend on the team and the parents as well, in August of 2017. Again, people that he became close to over the past couple years. And at that time, Knowledge asked the Toma family, and I'm going to use her name because I'm doing it with their permission. Knowledge asked the Tomas if he could live with them for a while. So he did this, and they let him come in, and they did it for incredibly obvious reasons. He did it so that he could not only have a roof over his head, a stable roof, but also a bed to sleep in. He did it so he didn't have to worry about where his next meal was going to come from. He did it so that he could have Wi-Fi and a computer in his house so that he could work on his studies more efficiently and get his grades up. Also, living with the family could reduce at least a little bit of the burden on Knowledge's grandma. Since this happened and I started digging around, I've gotten to know the Tomas. They're a wonderful family. There's no hidden agendas here. Knowledge is close to their sons one of which played last year and graduated, and the other's a kicker on the team now. Now, they didn't go out and they didn't buy him a brand new wardrobe. They didn't buy him $100 sneakers for his feet. They didn't buy him TVs and laptops and Dre Beats. You know what they did for him? They gave him a bed so he could sleep comfortably at night. They made sure the kid got enough food so that he could stay healthy and not drop weight. They gave him an environment that he could focus on his studies, Wi-Fi, so he could do his homework. You know what the most important part is here? The Thomas helped Knowledge McDaniel get his grades up. You want the truth? Knowledge was a pretty crappy student through a lot of high school. He wasn't failing. Well, guess what? His grades went up from a 2.64 to a 3.05 since living with the Thomas. He wasn't stupid. He's a smart kid. He just wasn't put in advantageous situations. That changed. This shows it. And let me remind you, Knowledge is a student athlete, a very talented student athlete who came into 2018 with many D1 football offers. Grades matter because you know what? Having a crappy GPA, that'll make a lot of those offers go away really quick. There's a lot of other things too that can make offers go away really quick. And unfortunately, now we got to talk about that. So a disgruntled father of a now former player in the program I'm not going to name names because it doesn't change anything. I want your energy focused exclusively and only on ending this nonsense and nothing else. But anyway, this gentleman wrote an anonymous letter earlier this year to the FHSAA on Braden River stationery, by the way, accusing Braden River of a long list of infractions. Most of these allegations were quickly unfounded and proven false. However, one wasn't. As you know, Often with rules and policy, people find loopholes to circumvent it and take advantage of the system. Well, in this case, though, the FHSAA has literally done the opposite, and they've pigeonholed a kid, a completely innocent teenage kid. Now, let me explain this. This is important. 
by living with the Toma family, the FHSAA ruled that McDaniel received, and I'm using air quotes here, impermissible benefits as a result of this complete farce. One of the several punishments that got levied against Braden River was Knowledge McDaniel being ineligible to play for the entire season. And by the way, this literally happened two days before the kickoff classic. Now, I know what the rule is. It's in the release that they sent out. They say it's against the rules for an athlete to be living on a full or part-time basis with any school employee, athletic department, staff member, or representative of the school's athletic interests. So because the Toma family technically represented school athletic interest, and again, I'm using that word technically by rule, the situations of Niles McDaniel and Deshaun Fenwick, who, by the way, we're not going to discuss him much at all today, but he's a kid who graduated a year before, same situation. Actually, you can even make an argument that it was worse because his clothes and stuff were literally left on someone's porch after they couldn't take care of him anymore. But anyway, they were considered impermissible benefits because of who they stayed with. Now, by human decency, that shouldn't be. That's a cold punishment that feels like it's almost directly aimed at the kid. And it's just wrong. Now, the school would end up being fined $5,000, placed on probation for the next two years, and had to forfeit all their gains from last year. So you would think that all that, combined with the fact that Niles McDaniel would ultimately miss four games before he would even have a chance for an appeal is more than enough. More than enough punishment for the program and especially more than enough punishment for the kid. Now, as anyone with an ounce of intelligence can figure out and should take about three seconds to figure out at the most, the rule has a very clear intention. The intent of the policy is what should matter. And that intent It's to prevent coaches and administrators and boosters and major school donators and seven-on-seven flag football summer coaches from taking in kids and housing them from other schools and other towns and other counties so they can be eligible to play there. That's very often the case in high school sports, and it's sad, but it's true. You know, kind of one of those under-the-rug kind of deals. That's why some of these dominant teams, they keep on dominating. They get unfair advantages because they're constantly out recruiting kids who who are great athletes, but they play at a crappy school or you know, they're in a county where you could sell them on, well, no college scout's going to come see you here. And they get you to come to their school and you go and you stay with whoever it may be because they got an extra bedroom and you could take up residency here so you could technically live here and go play at our power program. And guess what? College scouts are going to come see you. But here's where the big difference is. And this is what I'm talking about with the spirit of the rule. And by the way, just wait till you hear Kevin Carter speak on this. Oh my God. Both Knowledge and Deshaun before him last year, they attended Braden River for literally all of their high school career. All of it. In the case of Knowledge, he even received approval this past January from the Office of Student Assignment to remain at Braden River for his senior year because of a hardship. So recruitment's not even an issue here. No issue. Which again... That's why this rule is put into place to prevent recruiting and having kids jumping around at schools where they actually don't truly live at. Let me say this too. If knowledge and atonements are guilty of one thing, it's not knowing anything in regards to this rule beforehand. You know, if the FHSAA truly had the kid's best interest at heart, instead of looking to punish him, then why was he nor the Tomas ever contacted in question about anything during this investigation. They weren't, not once. Now as for Daniel, you know what? He's a great kid. He's got a big heart. He's a loyal kid. He's a kid who's had to endure more than any child deserves to. I could go on and on and on, but you have already heard that from Dick Vitale at the top here, so you already know that. So on September 6th, Knowledge had an appeal in front of an appeal committee that serves under the FHSAA. Well, by that point, Knowledge had already been forced to sit out the kickoff classic and three regular season games. And it was widely believed, based on all the factors that I've told you, that he would win this appeal. But actually, win it with no problem either. You know, the board would consider the four games he was forced to sit, as well as the fine and probation to the school, more than enough. And the kid would be back to playing football with his buddies 
and hopefully earning more scholarship offers. Well, that's wrong. Completely wrong. Because in a stunning appeal that smelled fishy and ultimately by their leader's own admission, it completely was, the appeal committee chairsperson, Tampa Bay's attorney, Grady Irvin, was highly criticized for what many called, myself included at the time, to be honest with you, combative with knowledge in his family and the Tomas. He, you know, he let the grandmother know, and I'm paraphrasing here, that she didn't know what true poverty was. He questioned the poverty level of his grandmother, the Tomas' true interests, and so forth. Long story short, one person in this five-person panel recused themselves, and then they would vote three to one to only grant Knowledge McDaniel eligibility to play in three meaningless non-district games. That's it. As you could expect, Knowledge left the hearing in tears. An innocent high school kid reduced to tears by adults in suits and ties, put in memories of his senior year that'll last him a lifetime in the hands of them, tears because he felt he was letting all of his teammates down. You know, this isn't even about the program. It's not even about coaches to me. This is about Knowledge McDaniel and about the kids that he's played with. Remember when I said a moment or so ago that the entire appeal smelled fishy and ultimately it was? Well, that's been proven right. And I'm going to get to that in a second. But first, news broke that Knowledge would get a mediation hearing in Gainesville, Florida. Now, in one room, it would be Knowledge and the person, the people that represented him. And in the FHSAA side, it would be them with the mediator going in between the rooms. So the FHSAA gave him two offers, neither of which were fair to him, but also knowing if he accepted neither, he'd surely lose an appeal again and nothing would change. He was offered either reinstatement at Braden River for the rest of the regular season, but no playoffs, or he could leave Braden River immediately, go to Southeast, play football, and be eligible to play in the playoffs. I mean, seriously here. The FHSAA, they clearly proved that they would just do whatever it takes to ensure this kid ain't playing for Brandon River again in the playoffs, period. So on one hand, the rule is he can't play in the playoffs, but in the next breath, oh, he can play in the playoffs. He just has to do it at another school. That's not hypocrisy at a minimum and corruption at the most. I don't know what is. Again, the kid's been at Brandon River from day one. He's went to battle with many of these kids who are his best friends now for over three years. And they're going to try and get him to turn his back on his brothers and leave? Now, naturally, Knowledge chose the first option. Again, backed into a corner. Zero fault of his own. He agrees in writing that there won't be another appeal. It's the FHSAA, that same administration that's supposed to be protecting kids like Knowledge. They can use the power against him, which I'm sure... It's just an underlying beef with the school that he attends. I mean, let's be honest here. That's what it's really about more than anything. He would have lost an appeal. If he doesn't take a choice, he loses an appeal. That's the bottom line right here. Now, here's where this gets flat out corrupt and crooked, man. And this is the most important part. You see, here's the thing. Neither Dr. Grady Irvin nor anyone on that board wanted to actually take games away from knowledge. They wanted to grant him full reinstatement immediately at that first appeal. However, they deemed that if they did that, the FHSAA would then use their power to appeal that. They surely would win, and Knowledge's career would effectively be over for good right then and there. Now, that's not speculation or hearsay. That's precisely what Dr. Grady Irvin did in writing, who, by the way, turned out to be a really good guy. I was wrong about him. I was ready to kill him over this not, you know, I'm speaking, not literally, I mean figuratively, because I thought what he did was wrong at that appeal. But he did it for a reason. Anyway, he literally, in writing, wrote to the director of the FHSAA the day that knowledge got reinstated, but only for the regular season. I got a copy of the letter, and Jason Dill of the Bradenton Herald, who will be on this podcast in a few minutes, he got a copy, and he was the first one to report on it. In that letter, Irvin implores the director to fully reinstate knowledge with no restrictions and stunningly said that the reason the appeals board didn't do that in the first place was because they were afraid that the FHSAA would use their power to appeal, easily win since ultimately they reside over it and the kid's career is done right there. 
He said it in the letter. Grady Irvin, he said it in his letter, his words. I'm quoting him directly right here. He says, it is my very strong recommendation that in your capacity as executive director, you exercise your authority and set aside the rules and bylaws, something we as a committee were not empowered to do and allow this young man to play without restriction. To do anything less, in my opinion, would be an unjust outcome in light of your authority. Now, if you want even more evidence that this whole thing just becomes more fishy by the day, just hours after that mediation concluded, I got wind that another member of the appeals committee, the original one, actually resigned. And I was told by multiple sources it was over complete and utter disgust over what the FSSAA had not only done to a kid they felt deserved to be playing a full season, but also because he felt like that committee used the appeals committee to look like the bad guys for not granting him full eligibility to begin with. Folks, you know it, and it doesn't take a very smart person to figure this out. When there's this much smoke, you know that that's accompanied by plenty of fire as well. So that's where we are right now in terms of where this case is at. And I do need to add one more thing that the FHSAA has said on multiple occasions that despite Grady Irvin's letter to them imploring the full reinstatement of Knowledge McDaniel, and despite the resignation of an appeals committee member, despite all of that stuff, that their stance is that the mediation result is final. And for now, anyway, that's it. Now, here's what I'd like to do. I got two people I want you to hear from. The first is Bradenton Herald High School reporter, Jason Dill. Now, I need to point out, Jason is a reporter. He's not a columnist. He doesn't have a lot of opinions. He's covered it as a news story the entire way. But the thing that really sticks out to me in my chat with Jason, who, by the way, is an absolutely fantastic reporter, is that by knowledge sitting out games and then getting reinstated only to have to go to the sidelines again when and if his team even makes the playoffs, he likens it to someone committing a crime, going to jail, getting out of jail, and then having to go back to jail again a second time for that same crime. So let me play that interview with Jason, and immediately after that, I'm going to set up this interview that you absolutely do not want to miss, and you're going to need to hear. It's a talk with Florida-born and raised former NFL star Kevin Carter, who absolutely is beside himself pissed off over the way the FHSAA has treated this. And trust me, Kevin pulls 0.0 punches. So first, here's Jason Dill for some insight and perspective. I'm now joined by Jason Dill, an award-winning high school reporter at the Bradenton Herald in Florida. What's up, Jason? Thanks for popping on this episode. Thank you. Good to be here. Now, you've covered plenty of Braden River games over the past few years, and you've talked to Knowledge McDaniel several times for stories. I'm sure some pregame stories and some postgame recaps during that time. What's been your impression of him, first and foremost, as a kid, and secondly, as a football talent? Well, the first time I ever got a chance to speak to him was actually his freshman year. It was his spring football game. I mean, nobody knew who he was. Spring football game. He's at Braden River. At Braden River, correct, yes. Right. With He's with Braden River High School. Spring football game. He's playing in the backfield. They're up at St. Petersburg uh, Lakewood High School, and he just ran for a bunch of yards, touchdowns, and all this, you know, um, got his chance to really shine there and kind of knew from the football talent wise that this kid was going to be good as he matured and got bigger and stronger um, as he progressed through his high school career. Uh, as far as uh, interviewing wise, I mean, he very, you know, respectful and answer your questions. Uh, always, you know, never really struck me as someone who was, uh, I don't know, not, not a super flamboyant person or anything, you know, pretty, pretty humble type, type player i mean you kind of saw that too um with uh this just this past friday when they went down and played at, at venice high school um you know he got hit hard pretty hard a couple different times in that game uh there's even video of 
of a Venice player, you know, trying to, I don't know if he's trying to punch the ball loose or whatever, but was kind of hitting him on the side. You know, he never really got up and, and started, you know, he just kind of handed the ball back to the referee and got back in the huddle. So uh, kind of what struck me as him is he's just a, just that type of type of kid. I mean, he just was trying to just play football and use that as an, as an avenue to get, to get out, to, to get into college and, you know, make a better life for himself. Absolutely. And you know what, Jason, thank you for pointing out that spring game back in his freshman year, because it shows that he has been at Braden River High School since day one of his freshman year. He wasn't a recruit. He wasn't a transfer. He didn't come from another town or another county into a power program, which is what the spirit of the rule is designed to prevent from happening. But anyway, moving on. I do want to stress to everyone listening out there that Jason is a sports writer and he's a damn good one. He's not a columnist. It's not his job to have opinions. It's his job to write stories. But I do need to ask you this. Given the fact that this is a kid with no real history of trouble, none at all. He's already set out four games if you count the kickoff classic. And potentially, at least, there's still scholarships on the line. There might be colleges out there that want to see what this kid could do for the rest of the season, having to overcome all this adversity that he's going through, including the playoffs, which again, by the way, the playoffs might be likely, but they're by no means a lock. Do you feel like this is a case of an innocent teenage kid that's paying the price for what appears to be a beef between the FHSAA and the school over a couple other things that the school got in trouble for earlier this year? Well, I mean, the school, you know, was in trouble with the FHSA for a number of stuff that uh, happened during the off season. Um, and knowledge unrelated is, to him though. Yes, but you're right. Yeah. Well, right. But I, I mean, knowledge is uh, the allegations that he received impermissible benefits was part of that at the end of the preseason, which is what's happening now. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Um, like, like you mentioned, if they will make the playoffs because they have to go out and still win some football games against other quality opponents sure. uh, throughout the rest of the year just to get in. But yeah, I mean, uh, when I was going through the hearing, there was uh, one section three uh, appeals committee members uh, had mentioned when they were talking about the the penalty or what they were going to do for the ruling of this, of this hearing and this appeals hearing brought up the point of saying, you know, he's already served his, his suspension. You can't make him eligible for the last games of the season. And then also have him serve the suspension over again. It's almost like a, uh, the point that was made by this committee member was, you know, you're talking about almost similar to like a crime, right? Like you don't, you don't go to jail and then come back and then have to go back for the same thing. So that's, that's the way it was portrayed at that meeting. That's the direction I thought they were going to go. Um, they did not. So, uh, in terms of his scholarships and stuff, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was a big concern probably was how is he going to respond? Because, you know, if you take away football, okay, some of those scholarships might be there, but if the takeaway football, who knows how, I mean, at the end of the day, he's a teenage kid, right? So how, how will he respond in terms of getting himself ready? And, and yeah, some of those schools could decide, well, he's not playing, you know, we're going to go look at, look at other kids that are playing as, and, you know, take away some of his potential future opportunities with whichever division one program once was looking at him. I'm glad you brought that up. What do you make of the reported and documented allegations from the chairs person of the appeals committee, Dr. Grady Irvin, who personally penned a letter to the FHSAA just hours after that Gainesville mediation imploring George Tomlin, the director of the FHSAA, to fully reinstate knowledge and that the appeal board would have, during his first appeal, ruled in his favor to fully reinstate him. But he says, and I mean, he says this right in the letter, that he feared by doing so that they'd end up handing the FHSAA the right to appeal, which they easily would have won, and that effectively would have ended the kid's high school career pretty much right then and there. And I mean, that's not media speculation right here. That's not the word of other people. That's literally written words from Dr. Grady Irvin 
who again was the chair's person of that appeals committee. Yeah, I mean that's we reported that first in the Braden Herald, uh, yes, having a letter yep. from 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 Grady Irvin, and the words that he spoke about the reason that they decided to appeal or sorry rule at the appeal hearing was was for those reasons, you know, fearing that the board of directors in Gainesville, which is which was the next step, um, would then step in and and overrule them. Uh, it's kind of bizarre if you really think about it from, you know, why, like, you know, you have a, a section appeals committee hearing and they're ruling in a way so that the governing body won't step in and nullify whatever ruling that they have. Yeah. Uh, and, but I mean, as, as we followed up, there was no indication that uh, the Florida high school Athletic Association, the yeah, today, would go ahead and, and overturn or amend uh, what the agreement was through the mediation, which was a, a mutually agreed upon deal between uh, Braden River High School and Alfred Daniel and the yeah, FHSA uh, during that mediation hearing, which means he can play the last six games of the regular season, but uh, cannot play in the playoffs if Braden River were to make it. Right. You're right. I do need to point out, though, that Knowledge and his representative agreed to the mediation because had they not, he would have either, if he didn't take that choice, he would have either had to transfer to another school immediately after being at Braden River for all four years, or he would have taken neither choice and then it would have went to an appeal, again, controlled by the board, which there was no question that would have been upheld and he would have lost and he would have not been able to play any more games at all other than two meaningless non-conference games spread out throughout the year. Anyway, I do need to ask you one more thing too. Were you surprised to learn that another guy on the appeals committee board who originally voted no to a full statement to, I'm sorry, to a full reinstatement for knowledge resigned immediately after. So you had three people who voted no for this full reinstatement at the first appeal we're talking about here. One of the guys, again, I've already mentioned him, Dr. Grady Irvin, writes a letter to the board imploring them to give the kid full and unrestricted reinstatement. And then a second guy, hours, I mean, literally just hours after the news is made public that the kid will not be able to play in the playoffs, he just, he resigns. And everything I've heard and been told is that he did out of disgust because of how the system played out and that the kid would not get a full reinstatement. Were you surprised? Uh, yeah, I would say it's, it's, it was pretty surprising to, to, well, to have that letter in the first place, you know, to see it uh, penned by the person that voted the way that they voted and uh, was the chairman of the Section 3 Appeals Committee. Um, and yes, you know, it, it's definitely surprising with as some more of the stuff has come out uh, since that Section 3 Appeals Committee hearing. Thanks a lot for your time, Jason. Tell people where they can follow you on Twitter and where they can catch your excellent work. Uh, you're quite welcome. Uh, and you can, anybody can follow me on Twitter at uh, Jason double underscore Dill uh, and read me on Bradenton.com. You can also read me at the Miami Herald's website uh, as well. And I'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well. Thanks, Jake. Okay, Jason Dill of the Bradenton Herald there. Again, a very solid reporter, and I loved his reference to McDaniel basically being sentenced two different times for the same crime, metaphorically speaking, of course. But Jason's a guy not much inclined to offer his personal opinion on things because of the nature of his job as a sports reporter. Perfectly understandable. But that's about to change, about to change in a major way. Because this is the interview I've been waiting to play for you. If you thought the great Dickie V was pretty pissed off about what's happened in knowledge and with the FHSAA, check this out right now. I'm now joined by a man who played in the NFL and racked up over 100 sacks during a 14-year career that included winning a Super Bowl with the Rams. Before that, he was a big star as a Florida Gator And for the purpose of today, most importantly, he was a Florida high school football legend. 
So I couldn't think of a better person to talk to about this story with than someone who knows Florida and the importance of football in a talented teenager's life as well as anyone more than Kevin Carter. What's up, Kevin? Thanks for joining the podcast for a second time now. Hey, no problem. No problem. What's up, Patrick? I'm definitely happy to join you, especially, you know, being that there's an important subject at hand. So, Yeah, I, again, I love talking to you. You know that. I wish it was under better circumstances. I just felt it was really important to get you on here today. Let me ask you this. When this all started going down with Knowledge McDaniel, and I learned everything about it, and I decided that I needed to do a podcast on this topic, I immediately thought of you, and that was for a couple reasons. One, of course, is because there was a time where you were a high school football star in Florida. I know you're a Florida guy through and through. You bleed Florida. Let me start by asking you this because it ties into the other stuff as well. How much did playing and excelling at high school football in Florida, what did that go on to mean to you in your life as you got older? Look, I don't have to tell anyone about you know, how good or how great high school football is in the state of Florida. Um, I think we see it year in and year out as, you know, so many talented individuals from Florida go on to schools around the country. We're basically the hotbed that seeds every other state's teams. I mean, you know, everyone's coming to the state of Florida to recruit from Stanford to Oregon to all the teams up north, you know, the Ohio State's. You know, Michigan, they set up shop here in Florida because football is king. It's the best we play year round. Um, we don't, we're not hindered by, you know, having to be indoors because of weather. Um, our spring system, you know, it just develops more players and there's so much speed down here. So everyone knows that. I mean, you know, the guys that were on my high school all-star team, um, you know, guys like Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp, there were six guys on my Florida team that got drafted in the 1995 uh, draft in the first round. In the first 20 picks, you had six guys from that Florida team. Wow. And that's how good Florida football is. All right, Kevin. So we've talked. You've heard all the news. You've read all the articles. You know the story about Knowledge McDaniel. You know how talented the kid is. You read and heard about what a great kid he is. I didn't have to do much pleading with you to get you to come on and do this show. You wanted to. You know the rules that the FHSAA has in place. And more importantly, you know what the spirit of the rules are and why they have them. Rules like this are in place so that they can design to prevent recruiting and so that kids jumping from different towns and different schools strictly to play football and take up residency, that's not allowed. That prevents it, those type of rules. It doesn't give those same powerhouse programs an advantage year after year after year. So I know that you agree with the spirit of the rule. However, you know that Knowledge McDaniel wasn't a recruit. He's been at the same high school since day one of his freshman year. So by not reinstating this kid for the remainder of the season, including any games this team may play in the playoffs, and that's even if they make the playoffs, do you feel like the FHSAA at this point is unfairly punishing a kid a second time, actually? And let's emphasize that word again, a kid, an innocent kid who didn't do anything wrong. You know what? There are words that stick out to me in everything that you've said. And two words that really stick out is punish an innocent child. Punish. Why are you punishing him to begin with? Okay? At face value, at the bare bones facts of this entire case, this is a kid who plays high school football. This kid, if you don't know, if you don't understand, people that are hearing my voice, listen to me. Okay, I am African-American. I grew up in the state of Florida. Football in the state of Florida is, is, is a hotbed for every other school in the country. Football is just not a game. It's a means to a better life. And this child came from the worst possible Jerry Springer bullcrap circumstance that you could ever ask for. The worst circumstance. If you're talking about looking in this country about people that are lazy and that won't pull themselves up by their bootstraps, this isn't this kid. This kid is the kind of kid who has worked his ever-loving tail off his entire life to have something better. Through playing football, he has garnered that opportunity for himself, and he's did it obeying all of the rules that the FHSAA puts forth. Okay, Rules are put in place to be observed. 
this rule in particular was to prevent high schools from recruiting. It, it basically, it, you got a coach that's got a seven on 17 and he's got all these studs and he goes into some high school and then he brings all these kids and he's got them living with other teammates and kids. And it's just so they can qualify to be in the district. That's what that rule is in place for. It's not in place for a child who under living circumstances were, was living with his grandmother started at the school from day one, from day one, he's been at the school since freshman year. He goes all the way through, and now his senior season comes into question because his grandmother, who has eight other children and people living with her in her house, she can't pay her rent, has to move to a smaller place in a different um, you know, county, a couple of towns over, and can't go to the same school. So he wants to stay at the same school and ends up living with someone else. That's not a recruiting violation. He wasn't recruited to come back to that school. He just wanted to finish his senior year. And look, I can't say enough about continuity within your high school career that gets you to the next level. Okay? Coaches have to find you. They have to know who you are, where you are, where to get your transcripts. And this is something, this is a process that is not completely open and shut. For this young man, this is his only opportunity to better his life. If he doesn't do this, he's going to be working two full-time jobs. Oh, yeah, by the way, he works right now while, while he's in school and playing football and making this better life for himself, okay? He's going to have to put himself through school, and we all know what a, a dead-end, hopeless situation it is for someone who doesn't even have a positive male role model in his immediate family in the house he lives in to show him what it's like to be a man. Okay, I don't want to go down a road of, of life and what life is like for certain people in this country if you are maybe a certain skin color or you come from a certain demographic or um, a certain, you know, crap hole country representative. If you're a minority in this country, it, things are a little different for you. So I'm not going to go down that road because I don't want to get into politics. This is not about politics. This is not about anything. This is about an innocent child who is being punished. And I'll come back to that word of punishment, F-H-S-A-A. Don't you have better things to do than to go after a kid like this? Apply this rule to all those coaches who are finagling birth certificates and getting people in the districts. Do, do your job. Do the right thing. And right now, all this stuff comes out. People like me come forth on behalf of this child, tell you how wrong you are, but you must still hold that power. You must still hold that precious, silly little power and wield it over this defenseless child. This defenseless child is just that. He is defenseless to fight against the bureaucracy of the crap that you are using to somewhat govern his life. Thank the Lord he at least is reinstated for the time being. But he can't go to the playoffs. He can't enjoy this time with the kids that he's played with from day one, his freshman year. Why? Why are you doing this? It's your arrogance. It's, it's wrong. It's petulance. And it's petty. I myself have nothing to gain by going to war in a war of words over Twitter with the FHSAA. You, you guys are small fish, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm CBS like prime time on every weekend. Okay. I have better things to do than this, but I am passionate about this because I mentor young men just like Knowledge McDaniel. I have people, kids like him, that I try to help. This is how we make our society better. Men like me who have been blessed to play football in the state of Florida, go and achieve a better life, give back to kids like this. These are the people that we want to help. Rules are in, in place so that people don't cheat. This kid's not cheating. So simply FHSAA, do the right thing. Kevin, there's a reason why I sought you out here. We can all have opinions on things, but few of us can walk in the shoes of a kid like this. Someone who is going to have college opportunities, you're one of them. You were a big-time recruit as a high school star in Florida, and I remember from our last interview that you nearly went to Notre Dame instead of Florida. You know yep. football. You know firsthand what it's like to be a recruit and have schools talking to you. For a kid like Knowledge McDaniel, who already missed four games over this nonsense, 
Now he may have to miss playoff games. At the time of this taping, he will miss any playoff games. Again, if the team even makes the playoffs, that's huge to him. Am I right to assume that colleges who may be evaluating whether to give him or his competition for where he's playing a scholarship, that they may put a little bit of a heavy emphasis on the postseason, seeing how this kid comes back and he overcame adversity, such like that, especially for a kid, like I said, that's already had to sit out four games. Now, I know generally speaking, kids will get their scholarship offers by the end of their junior year, and he has, but this has changed a lot of that. You know what I mean? I feel like him going out and maybe being able to perform in the playoffs against quality opposition is going to do a lot for his college opportunities. Or maybe I'm wrong with that. You tell me. You've been in these shoes, so you know what it's like. Being able to play your senior season and complete your body of work is the most important thing when seeking a college scholarship, okay? That, that goes beyond anything else simply because of what you mentioned. The, the, the competition for your position that you are competing with to get a slot on a team, that's exactly what it comes down to. It is competition. It's direct competition. My son is getting recruited. They say, hey, we like you. We're also looking at this tight end and this tight end and this tight end up here. So there's different people that are trying to qualify for these slots. And when coaches are looking and evaluating all that talent, the more they see of you, the more good film they see of you, the better. You know, and also, I, my prayer for, for knowledge is that, is that this would not impede his progress. It would not impede the work that he did. Because you know what, FHSAA, you had nothing to do with how hard this kid has worked. You had nothing to do with this kid working at Broken Egg on the weekends and nights after football, after homework, living in a, in a circumstance where he's sleeping on the floor when there's five other children and eight people living in his cramped apartment. You had nothing to do with that. And he worked through that, worked past that, worked this job, and got to where he is now. So please don't do anything to impede him going any further. That's, that's, that's my wish for him. And right now, it's crunch time. He's nearing the end of his journey. He will have no more high school film to sell himself to a college program. And for him, and, and hopefully the people that have been watching him know that he's going through this bull crap and they see past it. Hopefully they can look at the person he is and look at how much he's persevered through and how much he's had to fight through, and they'll credit him. They'll credit his character. That will give him the extra intangible that will say, hey, you know what? This kid is thankful. This kid had to work through five times as much as any other kid we're recruiting to get to where he is, and you know what? We're going to reward him for that. So FHSAA, Reward this kid for the work that he's done and stay out of his way. Last question, Kevin, and then I'm going to let you go. Forget scholarships and forget wins and losses and such for just a moment. I'm sure you have great high school football memories beyond the wins and losses. For this kid, whether he goes on someday to become a 10-year NFL pro or whether he's working at a gas station down the line, whatever that may be, how important is it for his makeup to be able to finish what he started with his teammates many of them that he's been playing with for all four years. How detrimental can something like this be mentally to a kid as he grows up? Who Again, and we've talked about this a million times though, who's only crime in all this was growing up poor in poverty, you know, and trying right. to find a bed with some space, food, an environment where he could focus on his studies and be successful. How detrimental can something like this be when he's going to always look back and say, you know what? I didn't even get to finish what I started. And he's going to be bitter maybe against football or against the world, maybe for that matter. You know what I mean? You know what? My dad told me a long time ago, you know, in order to play the game of life, you got to learn to play the game. And there's going to be some bureaucracy and some, some stepping stones and some, you know, some molehills and mountains that get in our way from time to time. And you have to learn how to navigate through them. But I'll also say this, we are the sum total of the experiences that we that we have in life we are the sum we are the cumulative sum total of all those things and for a kid like this that's worked this hard for for to make his dream come true and he has the dream within his fingertips and he has earned that for some bureauc from for some bureaucratic silly non-common sense having rule to affect his progress 
that's 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 a moral crime okay that's a moral issue like I, I haven't i haven't jumped over to the political side i haven't jumped over to the spiritual side but you want to you want to talk about you know what's right and wrong from a from a karma perspective you want to talk about you know what we should be doing how we should be helping people in our society what we should be doing with our own benevolence and and in this lifetime you you wrong this kid you're wrong you've wronged him enough already let him go and 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 for me look i know i played 14 years in the nfl i did everything i wanted to do pro bowl super bowl i got a world championship ring i made all the money that i can spend I did everything. There's nothing I didn't that I didn't accomplish or set out to do. It was wonderful. It was a wonderful blessing in my life. But I would not be that person if I didn't have the coach that I had and the experience that I had in high school. There isn't a day that goes by with those 53 guys in, in the lock in an NFL locker room that you don't talk about high school football. You always go back to your roots in every. Every, every player I know that has jerseys and memorabilia in their man cave, so to speak, they got a high school helmet or a photo or something back there. Those days are sacred. Those are your formative years. Where you go from here, where he goes to college, and if he plays in the NFL, he'll never have the type of unselfish spirit, love of the game, and pure pride that comes with high school football. He'll never have that again. Kevin, I, I can't thank you enough for doing this interview again. Everyone, follow Kevin on Twitter at Kevin Carter underscore 93. He's a college football analyst at CBS Sports. It was very important to have someone like you on this podcast who's gotten to live the dream, who's grew up in Florida and knows the state and knows the sport and has such a passion for everything. I really do. I appreciate it very much, Kevin. You're very welcome, Patrick. Look, man, I grew up here, okay? I made a better life for myself. I made a bunch of money in the NFL. I'm on CBS Sports now. I have a foundation that's responsible for giving back more than $3.5 million in the last 18 years. And I did that from everything that I was able to build off my high school experience. So I'm passionate about this. Um, My prayers continue to go off for knowledge with Daniel. And thank you for having me and including me on this podcast for this purpose. Well, there it is. Kevin Carter just left it all out there. Very emotional, very passionate. I want to say one more thing before we close this. God bless the Toma family. I've gotten to know them through all this, and I feel awful for them. They're a wonderful family. Knowledge felt helpless, and when he asked, that family took him in, and they have loved him like he was one of their own. Who the hell knows what happens to this kid If it wasn't for people in his life like the Toma family, the world needs more people like the Toma family, not less of them. It's sickening. There is one wonderful thing, though. Despite statements that the mediation was final, it may not be too late. That's because there is one person, one person out there with the ability to change all this. One person who has the capability and the authority that in the blink of an eye or with the stroke of a pen can turn this ruling around. Grant Knowledge McDaniel, his rightful full reinstatement without restrictions. Make this right and step up and be the person that represents the true best interests of student athletes like Knowledge McDaniel. His name is George Tomian. And he's the director of the FHSAA. If you think what's happened to Knowledge McDaniel is wrong, like I do, like Kevin Carter does, like Josina Anderson does, like Adam Schefter does, like Eric Wood does, like Gerald McCoy does, like countless people out there do, hopefully you do as you listen to this, I implore you to call George Tomian directly at 352-372-9551, extension 110, Email him at executive director at fhsaa.org and use Twitter to tweet at fhsaa. And I will also put this information in the show notes for this episode so you don't forget. If you're a media member and you want more information about this, you can email me at moranalyticspodcast at gmail.com or you could DM me on Twitter at Pat Moran Tweets. 
I'm going to keep my DMs open. Lastly, I encourage everyone to share this podcast on their social media, tell their friends, whatever it takes. If you know anyone in the media, let them know this is a kid being robbed right now. And it's too important to get swept under a rug, brushed off, or forgotten about because the season is winding down. This could be your child, or this could easily be a child that you love and care about. This still has a chance to have a happy ending for a kid who's worked his ass off for four years. He's earned it. Win or lose on the field, he's earned the right to be out there with his boys and finish what he started as a freshman at Braden River High School. He's a good kid, and he's an innocent kid. Enough is enough. All right, thank you all so much for listening. Please try to help this kid and let them know that this just isn't right.